My name is Abby Johnson, for those of you who don't know me, and that was actually a promotion for the camp that our kids are going to get to go to this summer, um, our teenagers. So I know it looks super awesome, but it's for the teenagers. Um, maybe you can pretend you're a teenager and beg Mark to go as a staff, but I don't know. It looks pretty cool. So check out some more information on that. Um, we are really excited. Our um, teenagers have gone for multiple years in the past and they've always come back with a really amazing experience. And so um, this year it's going to be June 19th through 23rd, so mark your calendars for that. Um, and then I just have a couple of other quick announcements for you. Um, if you're new or visiting with us, we'd love to connect with you. Um, you can meet us at the guest services in the back by the coffee after the service, or you can text the word here to 219 233 2311. Um, and you don't have to come back, but if you do, we do have a gift for you um, just for being here. So um, we're excited to have you guys this morning. Um, next, I want to invite my friend Titus up. Um, this is the last Sunday of the month, which means a couple things, but one of it means that next week is the first Sunday of the month and we are going out to eat. So Titus is going to spin our wheel to determine where we are going to go after church next week to eat. <laughs>
morning. My head might get a little too shiny. I'll just brush it off. All right, we're going to start with uh, Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and I see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you would think about them? Human beings that you would care for them. And yet, you have made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under your authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish of the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. And Psalm 148 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command, and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, all you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men, and young women, old men and children, let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones, and people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> that's um, and that's, uh, that's from part of our rooted um, small group that we have. 
And when we read that going into prayer, it's like, why, why pray? If you ever asked the question, why pray? If you ever needed a reason to pray, that's it. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, man. Like, it's all about him. He is great. He is worthy. He is holy. He is strong. He is creator. He has all authority, honor, majesty. And then he steps into our microscopic lives. Yeah. He goes, hey, you want to hang out with me? That's incredible that God would step into our lives and say, hey, you want to hang out? That's a miracle because prayer allows us to say, yes, yes, I want to hang out with you. Like you don't, why? How do we get to do that? Prayer is a supernatural miracle and we get to experience it in this life. With that, let's pray. Uh, Abba Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your greatness. Uh, thank you so much that you would speak us into existence. You would grab us from the dust and, and form us. And uh, we love you, Father. Uh, thank you that we get to talk with you, that we get to listen to you. And uh, everyone in here has a different prayer journey, God. But I pray that uh, we can all be aligned with you, in harmony with you. Thank you so much for your son. In Jesus' name. I, got, I was going to wear an Aaliyah shirt this morning. <laughs> like, I've been watching you. Like, don't help. You know, <laughs> they got it for me for Christmas. And I, my wife was like, no, don't wear it. <laughs> so I'll wear this. Don't wear my Aaliyah shirt. But if you ever needed a reason to pray, that's it. Prayer, the final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of my prayer life. That's what prayer feels like to me, because uh, it's so polarized. Everybody has their journey through the universe of prayer, and uh, we could spend an entire season on the voyages of people's prayer lives. And we won't get through it all today. We won't get through the whole series. Uh, so I'm going to put the ball in your court. If you have any disagreements with things I say today, that's fine. You can talk to Mark about it. <laughs> don't, talk, don't talk to me about it. Talk to Mark about it. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, like I'm putting the ball in your court. Dig deeper. You guys can get a concordance. You guys can get a study Bible. There's tons of resources out there. If you want to know the details of prayer, if you want to pursue prayer and your prayer life, I'm putting the ball in your court. Uh, there are things we won't get to today, so you take that and you go with it. Some of us grew up in a very liturgical uh, environment where we had a format for prayer. We read through the prayer, and that was it, right? That was that. And there are some benefits to that, to liturgical prayer, uh, but some of us grew up where we prayed during meals, right? We prayed at Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. That was about it. Um, some of us had a very intimate, open communication with God since day one. We came out of the womb speaking a holy language. Uh, but if you look prayer up, you'll find many different answers because uh, people have different ideas of what a relationship with God looks like, right? But we'll get, we're going to get to that. We'll deal with that. So in the Bible, there's around 650 prayers listed, right? Uh, my two personal favorite, there's a guy named King Hezekiah. You should look it up, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so he's being threatened by an Assyrian army, right? He lays this threat before God, and he prays. God sends an angel in the middle of the night, 
and puts to death 185,000 people from the other army. They wake up the next morning and they're like, whoa, and they leave. Pretty crazy that God responds like that. And then later on, uh, God tells Isaiah, hey, Isaiah, go tell King Hezekiah to get his life in order because he's going to die. Let's <laughs> tell him to get his stuff straight. And he goes and tells him, and Hezekiah's like, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> so he goes and prays, right? And as Isaiah's leaving, he's going down the steps. God's like, you know what, Isaiah? Go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. It's like, what? That's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> he prayed? That's the kind of relationship he had? Uh, it's, it's all through the Bible. Just very unique, awesome prayers. There's around 450 recorded answers in the Bible. So we're not alone. 650 prayers, 450 answers. <laughs> You're not alone if you feel like sometimes your prayers don't get answered. Uh, it's all through the Bible. Jesus is recorded praying about 25 different times in his ministry. Paul mentions different functions of prayer around 41 times. So it's very important. I forgot to do this beforehand, so I'm going to call up a volunteer, Carson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Carson. Um, some of us, we, we get like fold your hands and pray. That's kind of the typical thing we get, right? But in the Bible, there's a lot of different ways to pray. So Carson, can you demonstrate these ways for me? Nope. Thank you. Second Samuel, sitting. <laughs> you can pray while sitting. You guys can pray right now while we're sitting. Okay? Chronicles, Daniel, Luke, Acts, Ephesians, kneeling. You can pray on your knees. Nice. Thank you. Still got young knees. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, 2 Kings. You can pray with your face to the ground. <laughs> nice. Is it all the way down? Nope. First uh, <laughs> Timothy. You can pray with your hands lifted up. Nice. And Mark 11. You can pray standing. Okay. Thank you. So there's a lot like there's there's no like there's a lot of options, guys. You, there's no set format, folding your hands, bowing your head, things like that. Uh, I had a kid in my youth group when we were kids. Um, he thought we folded our hands and bowed our head because <laughs> God was down there. It's like we're looking at God down there. And, but no, there's, that's not why. There's a lot of different ways to pray. But this, in the simplest understanding. Uh, prayer is a relationship, and if you want to know what that relationship is supposed to look like, you have to look to Jesus. And for future reference, if you ever have a question about your Christian walk, your faith walk, you have to look to Jesus, okay? Don't try to find scripture to fit your lifestyle. Don't pick and choose verses that you want to listen to at a certain time. Look to Jesus, it's great to seek the advice of mature spiritual Christians, but ultimately, you need to look to Jesus. How did he do it? Why did he do it that way? Who did he do it for? And when did he do it? These different questions, right? If you have questions, look to Jesus. For future reference, guys, if you ever have a question, look to Jesus. Now, one way I've looked at it that has helped me understand prayer is I tell my wife I love her, right? I love you. And... Um, She's supposed to be that one person who trumps everybody else. Like, we've made a decision to be partners in this life, right? We do things together. And if I have that understanding, but I only put an effort to communicating with her once a week, or 
every holiday, <laughs> or only when I need something, how's our relationship going to look? It's, it's going to be pretty hard, pretty difficult. And it's the same, same way with God. Like if we only talk with God once a week, or, or on holidays, or when we need something, how do you think he feels, right? He intimately wants a relationship with us. It's the same way. Prayer is the same way. We are in a constant relationship with God. If we've decided Jesus is our Lord and Savior, God, even, even if you haven't, people that haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they still have a relationship with God. They just don't know it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. He wants it all. Uh, and I believe Paul tries to get us to understand this over and over. He gives us advice in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19. He says, always be joyful. That's hard. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle or grieve the Holy Spirit. So it's this lifestyle, right? We're talking about prayer. We're talking about communication with God. We're talking about a relationship with God. But some of us, this is what our prayer life looks like, a Klondike commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's what our prayer life is like, right? We're, uh, we feel good about, about being a Christian, and, but when it comes to actually spending time with God, quality time, listening, communicating, we're like, okay, I'm going to give him five seconds. And you like push through it, and then you feel good about like, giving God his five seconds. But as followers of Christ, we can never stop praying. We can realize that uh, we can have an intimate relationship with God at all times. We can allow God to invade every aspect of our day and communicate with him throughout the day. When we wake up and have breakfast, uh, when we drive to work, when we're at work, when we're with our kids, when we're doing homework, when we're studying, when we're cleaning the house, when we go to bed, when we brush our teeth, we can invite God into all those moments because he's, he's the king of the universe. He can do it. And he wants that. Communication in prayer also includes silence, right? Have you ever been in a room with somebody you love and you care about, and it's just overwhelming peace, like assurance, because they're in the room. You don't have to say anything. Just because you can be in their presence, you have this peace. Uh, we had a prayer night here a little over a week ago, and um, just knowing that I was praying with other Christians made a huge difference, that I wasn't praying alone, that we were together, we were united in harmony. It makes a big difference. It's the same way with God. Yeah. We can just be available in his presence and listen, right? We don't always have to talk. This is a two-way relationship. I want you guys to think about, do you see the potential in prayer? The potential for prayer in your prayer life for your family, right, your kids, uh, friends? Do you see the potential, the power of prayer? Um, so I want you guys to think about your prayer life, the, the foundation that was created when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What was that first conversation like? Uh, meditate on the time you, you conversed with God for the first time and began that communication. For me, there's three major things that happen. Um, when I was, I was born, I was one of those people, I was born, I knew God was real. You could have dropped me here with nothing, and I would have been like, there, there's a God. There's something else going on here. Um, so I would talk out loud and 
sing songs as a kid, and people thought I was talking to myself. I'm like, no, God is real. <laughs> I just knew it. So from a very young age, I knew that God wanted me in my rawest form. He, like, I knew that I couldn't fake it with God at a very young age. He wanted everything, and, and he was there for it, regardless of my situation. He was there in the midst of it. I knew that as a young age, at a young age. And I know some people don't feel that way. There are times when people don't feel God's presence. Uh, there are new Christians who are trying to figure out how to feel God's presence and, and uh, be available. So I'll pray, I pray for, for you guys that you do understand that and come to know that. Um, secondly, I've talked about this a little before. My dad passed away when I was 10 from a drug overdose. I was pretty upset about it. You can imagine. <laughs> um, so I, I, I would cuss God out there, put it out there. I would, I would cuss God out, right? And then, and then I would talk to my dad. And I, that happened for a while, a couple months, right? I would just take my anger out at God. And then over time, it slowly died. And I realized, whoa, you're still here? Like, God, you're still, after, after all of that, you're still here? And I knew that he cared. So my prayer life, I knew that he wanted to be with me and make time for me. And there's nothing that I could say that would make him leave, right? He was big enough to take it all, and he was still there. So know that for your prayer life. There's nothing that would make him want to leave. He wants to hear from me. And lastly, uh, my mom had a boyfriend. I didn't like any of her boyfriends. They did drugs, and um, she had this guy and um, he would come in and out of whatever. And, and uh, one time they were doing drugs, right? And then he probably had some other issues, but fluid started building up in his lungs. And uh, he, he went to like cardiac arrest. My mom called the ambulance. The ambulance came to get him. They came in the apartment, strapped him up. And as they were leaving, I said, God, don't let him come back. And I, I audibly said it. I don't remember how, I was like in seventh grade. I don't remember how loud I said it. But I said it loud enough for people to hear. I said, God, don't let him come back. And he passed away on the way to the hospital. And uh, I knew it wasn't my fault, but I knew prayer was serious from that point on. Like, if I'm going to talk with God, this is serious stuff. Like, this isn't some comic book relationship. This isn't some cartoon. Like, if I'm talking with God, I need to respect that. I need to honor that. I, that um, so I knew that at a very young age. Those are things that set the foundation for my prayer life. So think about that. Think about your prayer life and how it began. And um, as Christians, we need to be willing to make changes, right? Adjustments to our prayer life and um, to where it needs to be. So as we're going through these spiritual disciplines, we've gone through uh, different spiritual disciplines here at Rethink, and we invite you guys to change, right? <laughs> We, allow, like we ask you guys to be clay in God's hands, be molded and shaped into the image of his son. And maybe you're saying, you know what, Roland, that sounds good. I hear all that, but I'm going to lead a little bit more to make prayer <laughs> part of my everyday life. Well, you're in luck. We're going to talk about that. Um, why should you pray? And again, if we look to Jesus for prayer in our life, if he sets that example, what does he say about that? He gives us a guide to how to communicate with him. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, 
May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Again, he's not just saying, hey, recite these magic words. This is a formula. You can say this and then check it off. You're done for the day. We had our communication time. He's not saying that. This isn't some uh, magic words that you just speak. And we talked about last week how God is our father, right? Um, we are all adopted sons and daughters of the king of the universe. Um, whether you know it or not, whether you feel that way or not, we are adopted sons and daughters. He is our father. We have different perspectives of our earthly father, but he is a good, some would say, a good, good father. <laughs> he, he is, and he disciplines us, and he loves us, and he cares about us, all of that. So we need to remember that he is holy. He is worthy of praise, honor, and glory. When we come into prayer, that's the mindset we have. He's our father. And we remember that as we pray, we submit to his plans for our lives. His plans for our lives, his plans for other people's lives, and his plans for this world, right? We submit to that. We could say, God, I want this to happen. But when we come into prayer, we're submitting, knowing that his plans are perfect and flawless. Ours, our plans are not perfect. They are flawed. And we need to align and submit and realize that we don't sit on the throne. God sits on the throne. Yeah. He's the king. That's how we come into prayer. Jesus knew that. He knew that's a struggle for us. And so he, he encourages us to ask for things that we need and discern the things that we desire. Um, there's a big difference there, right? The things we need versus the things we desire. Um, I ask God almost every day to give me a superpower. <laughs> And he still hasn't done it. But I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't need a superpower. I want a superpower. Um, but the things I need, he's provided, right? I can't complain about the things that I have, the blessings I have in my life, my family, the, the house I have, being in America, um, the job I have. I, he, he provides the things that I need. So prayer opens us up to having faith and knowing that he will provide what we need when we need it. And it also holds us accountable to discern and check the things that we want, right? <laughs> do they align with God? Uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But Jesus knew that, and he knew that we need to constantly check our needs versus our desires. And he also says through prayer, we can confess, repent, and ask for forgiveness. So confess, if we recognize there's anything in our lives that separates us from God, separates us from his will on this earth, we can confess that. Yeah. God, this is, a, this is something that I know is not right right now. I'm confessing this. Mm -hmm. And we repent, which means we turn away from it. God, you know what? I recognize this is wrong. I'm done with it. Will you forgive me? We can ask for forgiveness, and he will forgive us. We have this through prayer. But... In true Jesus form, Jesus has a pretty crazy way of explaining things. And he says, we're asking our Father to forgive us the same way we forgive others. Right? That's tough. The same way we forgive strangers who cut us off or frustrate us 
in the store, right? The same way uh, we forgive our family, our friends, the same way we forgive even our enemies, people. We're asking God to forgive us the same way. Um, when, you, when you put that into perspective, it changes the way you ask for forgiveness, right? Because it could be scary. If, if you're asking God to forgive you the same way you forgive other people, what would that look like? Yeah. <laughs> and again, we're not, we're not perfect, but we're in this process of being more like Christ, right? So it's something we need to recognize. When we ask for forgiveness, are we giving people the same forgiveness we would want from God? And lastly, Jesus says we can ask for victory over sin, darkness, and death in our lives. We can ask our Father to protect us from the evil attacks against us and others. Does that mean bad things won't happen? Oh, prayer is tough, man. <laughs> Relationship is, is with God can be can be difficult because no, like we live in a broken world. When sin entered this world, our relationship with God broke. Our relationship with each other broke. Our relationship with this world broke. Uh, sin sucks, man. It's yeah. it, bad things happen, and they're not fair. It, this world can be a tough place, but you know what? Does that mean God doesn't care? No, he does care. Um, I would do unimaginable things for my kids. <laughs> Hard to describe what I would do for my kids. Um, but does that mean they're not gonna mess up? Or they're not gonna have hard times? No, their hearts are gonna be broken. They're gonna be let down. They're gonna fall. They're gonna make decisions that are disappointing. Does that mean that I don't care or I, don't, I love them less? No, I love my kids, man. Um, and it really puts that into perspective. God loves us. He knows we live in a broken world. One day, he's going to make it perfect. One day, Jesus is going to come back, and that final victory over sin and death, Satan, is going to happen, and things will be made the way they, that he wants, right? But until then, we ask for victory over sin, death, and darkness in our lives. Yeah. And he does care. Our Father cares about what you care about, uh, and he cares. So we may not notice it, we may not understand it, but our Father wants what's best for you always. I want you guys to know that. Because I know everybody in here has different crap going on in their lives, man. We all have blessings and struggles. But I want you to know God always cares. Even in the tough times when you're like, God, where, where the heck are you? Yeah. I'm praying. People are praying for me. Where are you? I want you to know he, he always cares. He's always working in your life. Okay? So where does that lead us to? If we follow this guide Jesus gave us, what, what are the benefits of that, Roland? Because <laughs> that's pretty hard stuff to do. All right. It leads us to obedience. And there's many examples of this in the Bible. My, one of my favorites is in Luke 22, 42. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross, right? And he knows it's going to be bad. He knows it's going to hurt. Uh, and he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And then there's this powerful word, nevertheless, yeah. not my will be done, but your will be done. He prayed this. He said, God, I know why you sent me here, but, but this next step is going to be the worst. Yeah. Like, if there's any other way we can do this, let's go with that option. 
But if we, if there's no other option, Father, I'm going to be obedient to you. Um, he, he modeled that for us. He went through something none of us could ever go through, and he was obedient. That's what prayer can lead us to. As Christians, we're commanded to pray. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, um, don't let this world get the best of us. We make our request to God and ask him to fight for us, ask him to help us. And the early church sets an example of prayer throughout the whole Gospels. Um, we see the power of prayer. We see the early church praying together uh, in miraculous ways and things happening that um, can only happen through the power of prayer and God having a relationship with us. Uh, we can pray for preparation of big decisions. In Luke 6, 12 to 13, you see, Jesus prayed on a mountain all night before he decided who his 12 apostles were. So if you have a big decision, ask God for help. You can pray to overcome spiritual warfare for healing, giving thanks, worship, repentance, gathering believers together for something that has to do with the kingdom, right? If we, if we knew something in, in this world or this country or in Maryville, needed to be prayed for corporately, say, hey, after church, we're going to get the whole church together, we're going to pray about this one thing, because the kingdom is at hand. We need to pray about this right now, right? You can do that. We do that here at Rethink. And uh, overcoming temptation, we see this Matthew, Luke, Ephesians, Psalms, we see it all over. And I want you to know, we're talking about spiritual disciplines. Prayer, fasting, and reading the Bible, all go together. <laughs> so it's not just one. If you're going to fast, you should pray and read the Bible. If you're going to read the Bible, you should pray and fast. If you're going to pray, you should fast and read the Bible. They're all tied together. If you want to grow in one area, you should you should do all three. Yeah. yeah. And if you disagree with that, you can talk to Mark. After. <laughs> <laughs> they all are tied together. And the more you mature, the more the more you see that. You can't, you can't do one without the other two. And we get wisdom and knowledge through all of this. The list goes on and on. Prayer is truly like oxygen. It's, it's like water for our spiritual walk and our, our, our physical walk, really. I don't know how people do it without prayer. Um, Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So that means if, if you don't know what to say, right? If you're so emotional, frustrated, you just don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit will speak on your behalf. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, knows you, will be your advocate between you and God. Speak and pray on your behalf, okay? So know that as well. Sometimes we just have to do it for the sake of doing it. Um, just like a real relationship, right? I love my wife. We're a team. We're together. We want to accomplish goals, but that doesn't always mean we're in sync. Me and my wife don't always get along. Um, it's true. I'm the one who's normally right. <laughs> we're not always on the same page uh, but as Christians we're encouraged to submit to God's will we, we may not be in sync with God we may not be in harmony with God that doesn't mean we don't pray it's a relationship 
we still have to submit to his will and work at it, right? It's not always easy. And the scriptures show us over and over in Luke, James, Ephesians, Hebrews, it goes on and on, that it builds faith, it builds hope, it builds trust, just like in a regular relationship. You work at those things. There is power that comes from God when we pray. Life is a gift. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. Prayer is a gift. Um, God answering our prayers is a gift. God not answering our prayers can be a gift. We, we have to submit to that. We're invited to play our part in it all, not to step into God's shoes and make decisions for him, right? Prayer is, uh, helps in our sanctification process, which is becoming more like Christ because we get to partner with God. We don't get to be God. <laughs> That's not what prayer is about. Uh, we're not making God, you have to make an appointment with me and when this works out, we'll talk and I'll tell you what I want. That's not what, it, what we're called to do with prayer. Prayer is becoming more like Jesus, not God becoming more like us. Um, and I know it's hard because unanswered prayers suck. <laughs> Let's be real. Unanswered prayers are frustrating, uh, especially when we are trying to be aligned with God. We don't always have the answers, but it also puts us in our place yeah. that we're not God. Yeah. Uh, we, we get to pray. We get to have that be part of our story and our testimony. And it is one of the biggest weapons against our enemy, but it's also an opportunity to submit to our king. We can fight against this, we talked about the, the sinful nature of this world, uh, the temptations of this world, the evil schemes of, of Satan, right? We're fighting all of this. Prayer is one of the biggest weapons you have, guys. Don't, don't let it just be on the wayside. Pursue it. Put the ball in your court. Uh, do some research. Get a concordance. Get an actual study Bible with real words in it. Um, invest, invest in your prayer walk because yeah. it's important. Um, and finally, amen. We say amen all the time when we finish prayer. It means let it be or so be it or verily or truly. We, the first time we see this is in Numbers 5.22. And in that passage, God commands each person who says that to yield, to submit, to surrender to his examination. So when we're, when we're saying amen, we're actually saying, okay, God, we just had a conversation. Now please examine everything I just said and make sure it's right. Make sure it's what you want. Make sure it's your will. Uh, examine everything. I challenge you guys to make room for God in your life. What do you need to cut out to make room for God at, at certain times? Uh, make room in your life for him to be with you. Make room in your life to know him and for him to intimately know you, okay? Look to Jesus this week and um, every day and, and pray continually, continuously. Pray without ceasing, guys. Allow God to intimately come into your life when you're brushing your teeth, um, when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're frustrated, let him know the good, bad, ugly, beautiful, and you will see the power of prayer in your life, okay? Um, I'm going to play a little bit of a song called The Blessing. And I want you guys to just have a moment of silence. You listen to the lyrics. Um, it's, it's from Scripture. And I want this to be a prayer over you. Know that God cares, okay? And we're going to spend a few minutes in prayer. 
It's okay if it's awkward. Um, just listen and pray.
Abba Father, I'm going to speak for everybody and say we're done playing games. We're done playing games, God. Please show us your kingdom. Please bring us into uh, your arms. Bring us into your fold, God. Everyone here, help us to know that you're for us, God. Help us to know that you care about the things we care about. <laughs> the generations beyond us. Um, our children's children's children, God. Help us to make a difference for them, to make decisions today that will affect future generations, God. We're done playing games. Help us to be in continual prayer, God. Help us to fast. Help us to read our Bible passionately and pursue you, God. Uh, help us when we leave these doors and the world says, you know what, forget about it. Just do what you were doing. Help us, God, to say no. We're going to bring the kingdom wherever we are. We're going to bring light. We're going to bring love, Jesus, wherever we are. And we're going to change the world. We're going to change people's lives because you are with us. Your power is with us working through us, God. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak on our behalf, to defend us. Thank you for everyone here today, God. Help us to stop playing games. Help us to, to get real and raw and authentic about our relationship with you and our prayer life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, guys, uh, you know the deal. <laughs> um, if you need prayer, if you'd like to uh, talk with us, we'll be in the back. Otherwise, go and be the church. Have a good week. We love you guys.